Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 55, The Love Cup. It sounds like I'm saying the love boat. The love boat. Do, 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 do. I love that show growing up. So when I taught first grade and when I was the counselor in a school that was pre-K through five, some of the things that all the students loved, I would ask them after a session or I'd ask them at the end of the school year, what was your favorite part? Tell me all the things. And it was never projects that we did or a book that we read. It was always something related to emotions because emotions are always the driving force. In the quote by Maya Angelou, and you can use this in your home, you can use this with your spouse, you can use this with your kids. Maya Angelou says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Oh, can we drop the mic, Maya? Yes, it's so true. And my students now, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but they're like 25 or 30 years old. Like, what? And I keep in touch with a lot of them. I'm always asking them, what do you remember from first grade? What do you remember when you were six and seven? So that's a six and seven-year-old child in first grade. And I had some fifth graders and I had some third graders and some preschoolers. But on average, they're like in their 30s now, 25 to 30, which is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy. And they would always say the same things. They loved show and tell. They loved the tattle box. They loved the love cup. And they loved Curious George. My friend Chrissy gave me her stuffed animal, Curious George, that was missing an eye. It was old. And she's like, maybe your students would like this. So I brought it in one day and the kids just gravitated towards the stuffed animal. We called him Grandpa George because he was old and ratty and he was missing an eye. And so they brought him home every weekend and they would write stories about what they did with Curious George. And then what happened is it just took off like fireworks. My students were bringing in gifts that were Curious George. They were bringing in books. They were bringing in little tchotchkes. They were bringing in rocket ships that lit up. They brought in like snow globes that were automatic. It was unbelievable because Curious George was kind of hard to find back then. He was not Universal Studios like he is now. So when people found something, they just gave it to me. They thought of me. They thought of our classroom. And all of a sudden, our classroom turned into the Curious George shrine. Like you wouldn't even believe how much Curious George stuff I have. And so our classroom had that theme of Curious George. Those are the things that they remember the most. So over the podcast, I'm going to dive into some of their favorite things because you can do the same thing in your house. Because if 20 students liked it year after year after year after year in all different schools, in all different grade levels, then I think it'll work in your home with just a couple of kids or four kids, or six kids, or five kids, or two kids, or one kid. Because what I've learned over time is kids are kids are kids are kids. I posted a quote today that Miss Amanda sent me, which I love quotes. And this is by the famous LR. And she says, every strength has a corresponding challenge, and every challenge has a corresponding strength. They're talking about kids. 
And what I wrote into this post was, every child I've ever taught or counseled, mine included, have challenging behaviors. I've never met a child without challenging behaviors. This is true. It doesn't mean that something is wrong with the child or that you're doing something wrong as a parent because every challenging behavior comes with a corresponding strength. When we focus on nurturing that gift to work with a child versus against a child, then everything changes. This was easy for me to see as a teacher and a counselor, but very difficult when I first became a mom. Once I learned how to shift, then parenting became a lot easier, and those challenging behaviors never went anywhere, and they're still here today with Lily and Grady. So I don't ever want to throw my kids under the bus, but I want you to always know that they have challenging behaviors just like your child does. And nothing has gone wrong. That is part of the human experience. And LR explains it here. She says, every strength has a corresponding challenge and every challenge has a corresponding strength. The inattentive child may be a deep thinker. The uncooperative child may be a natural leader. The emotionally charged child may be gifted with exceptional empathy. The rule-defying child may be an out-of-box innovator. When faced with challenging behaviors, look for the corresponding strength and focus on nurturing that gift while providing gentle guidance and coping skills for the challenging areas. That is the essence of working with your child instead of against our children. And I was like, yes, that is it, because everyone wants their children to be perfect or not challenging. But when they're not challenging, we're not growing. We're not learning. We're not looking at the opposite side of that. Remember, language is always a behavior. So when language is always a behavior, then you take it at face value and you use it as data and you pretend like it's someone else's child in that moment so you can detach the ego, so you can attach at the heart level. What is this behavior telling me? How can I get creative? How can I get curious? But when we come from the place of they're being defiant, they're being strong-willed, they never listen, they cry all the time, then we don't ever actually learn anything. And it's just rinse, repeat. And that's when we feel like we're on the crazy cycle. And I know about that because I was on it. I had the emotionally charged child. I had the inattentive one. And I only have two kids. And they still show those challenging behaviors. But instead of judging them and thinking that I'm doing something wrong, I'm like, oh, this is part of the human experience. This is part of their growing and evolving. So my kids love show and tell. My students did. And so we did show and tell in our house. That's always fun. We also did Hutchison Hot Seat where someone would sit in the chair and we'd tell all the things that we love about them. We did that in the classroom. We did a tattle box where you could only tattle on a student and you had to write something positive. I'm tattling on this child because they picked up my crayon when I dropped it. I'm tattling on this child because they let me cut in line because they saw how red my face was and how thirsty I was. I'm tattling on this child because I couldn't read the word forgiveness and they helped me sound it out. And so we're focused on And then that would grow because the kids were looking for that. Wherever your focus goes, your energy flows. So you can teach your kids to do the same thing. I taught my students how to do that, where they're always looking for the good in the other kids. So then they were always looking for the good in the other kids. And then the other kids always wanted to be tattled on. So it was like a positive spin on the word tattle that people like, no tattling, no tattling. I'm like, yeah, tell me all the things. You don't have to interrupt me, but they wrote it on a slip of paper and they put it in a box. And if they weren't able to write yet, they would just draw a picture. And then I might pull them to the side and like, what'd you mean here? And then, of course, you read them out loud. You recognize, affirm, affirm, affirm. So then the energy of the classroom turns into, we're going to find all the good things that we're doing in this classroom. We're going to talk about it. We're going to magnify it. We're going to recognize it. And then guess what happens? You get more of that. And the same thing works in your home. 
changing your thinking, looking for the corresponding strength, focusing on that, reinforcing that, recognizing that, and boom, you're going to see more of it. It works with spouses too. I know you want to think about all the things your husband or your wife is not doing. Focus on what they are doing, how they're helping, how they're showing up with their love language. Talk about that. Recognize that. Tell your kids about that. Gossip about them behind their back when they can hear in an earshot. Boom, you're going to have more of that. So the word gossip has a negative connotation too. But you can gossip about family members within your home that if they're in an earshot, they're like, hey, they kind of get puffy about it. I'm like, sorry, I'm just gossiping about you, David. I was telling him how you helped me so much with that project. He's like, yeah, that's right, Skippy. So tattling, gossip, putting a positive spin around that. So one thing that they loved was the love cup. The love boat. And the love cup was, sometimes it was a water bottle. Sometimes it was a Curious George mug. It can be anything. Sometimes people overthink what a love cup should be. Sometimes it was just my empty hands. Making the shape of the love cup. Or almost like when you're washing your face and you cup your hands together. That was my love cup some days. Okay. So remember, our kids, their brains are not fully developed. They believe in imaginary things. I'll just leave it at that in case you have little ears listening. They believe whatever you tell them. So when you're teaching them about love, it's not something tangible. It's not like reading. It's something that you feel. So every day, first thing we would do is fill up our love cups. So I would say, boys and girls, it's love cup time. (laughs) And I would talk just like that. It's love cup time. And you kind of have to change your voice a little bit. And they're like, whoa, what is she talking about? I could say, boys and girls, we're going to eat Brussels sprouts. And they'd be like, oh, tone is everything with kids. So the way you sell it, it's almost like you're an actress. You have to be on stage and you sell that love cup or you sell those Brussels sprouts or you sell that toothbrushing. Get on stage and have fun with your kids. Give them a hook. Give them a motivation to join in the reindeer games. Kids don't get motivated by the things that we get motivated by. They get motivated by magic and imagination and what's in it for me. And they're like, oh, we're going to play a game. I'm like, yeah, the game is Brussels sprout game. Just kidding about that. So I'd say, boys and girls, we are going to fill up our love cups. So what I need you to do is I need you to take all the love in your heart and I need you to pour it inside your heart. Just pour it so it's overflowing, overflowing. What are you teaching there? You're teaching about self-love, about loving themselves, giving the love to themselves first. So take all the love in your toes and your ears and your brain and your left pinky And I want you to pour it all into your heart. And they are just eating it up. And the older kids, you can do this too. Probably not teenagers, but they fall for it. And they know that they're falling for it, but they're kind of silly and giggly during it. So pour all the love that you have into your heart. So you have overflowing. It's almost like a bucket. You have to think of your heart like a bucket, boys and girls. This is how I talk to my students. So of course, you're going to make this appropriate for your kids. And so I want you to fill that bucket. Let's go. And then once you feel that it's overflowing, I want you to take that overflow and I want you to put it into your cup. Well, I didn't have 18 cups. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I would pass out 21 Dixie cups. But most days we're in a hurry. I'm like, fill up your heart, then take all the extra and put it in your hand. Put it in your cup. I've never called it a hand. So what are we teaching there? We're saying, love yourself first, fill yourself up, self-care, and then you're going to have extra to pour into other people's hearts. So I want you to take all that extra and we're going to pour from the abundance. So then I'm like, okay, boys and girls, now I need that abundance and I need you to put it in my cup because this cup is what all the kids are going to get. So they would kind of just like throw it in my way. And I'm like, come on, I'm going to catch it all. 
and I would pretend to catch the love and I'd pretend to put it in the cup or in my hands or in the water bottle. I literally got a water bottle and I wrote the word love cup on a piece of paper. I think I did type it out with some hearts and I glued it onto the water bottle. And that thing got so much use. So you fill up the love cup within the classroom with your abundance. We're not going to give without giving to ourselves first. And I want you to pour it all into this our classroom cup because this is creating community. When kids feel like they're a part of community and part of a family, it's like game on like Donkey Kong. They will do anything for you and anything for the community. And so then I pretend to capture it. I'm like, I got it. I got it. Now, if you have two kids, five kids, seven kids, you can do this all right in front of them. And it doesn't take as long as I'm saying. I'm just telling you all the steps and you don't have to do all the steps. You can do them in stages. You can do them once a week. You can do them every other day. You can do it when you think of it. But teaching the concept is the most powerful thing that you can teach them because you're teaching them life skills and you're also teaching them how to love each other. So they're pouring into themselves first. Then they're pouring into the classroom love cup or it would be the family love cup. So you're teaching them all that abundance is now going into this cup. And I'm like, okay, this is the most important part, boys and girls. You're going to say son and daughter. Now, it's very hard to do sometimes because sometimes we think that if we're vulnerable, we might get hurt. But, 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 but we're all going to open up our hearts right now because I cannot pour this love into your heart if it's closed off. So I'm teaching vulnerability. I'm teaching openness. I'm teaching abundance, not closed off. I'm going to get hurt. I want them to know it's safe. Their hearts are safe in this classroom. When kids feel like the home is safe and the classroom's safe, they will take more risks because they're not worried about getting in trouble. They're not worried about being yelled at. They're not worried about being spanked. They're not worried about getting name called. They feel very safe. So their guards are down, which we want because vulnerability breeds vulnerability. So then I would walk around and I would pour it all into their hearts. I'm like, oh, and then if someone had a loss in their family, or if they were going through a divorce in their family, or if they were really scared to come to school that day, I might whisper in their ear, this is a little extra because I know your heart is hurting a little bit. I don't have to tell the whole class, but I have to let them know that love heals. Love is what you run to. You don't close off the heart. So walking around one by one, pouring into their hearts, all imaginary. I'm like, love is something that you can feel, but you can never see. But sometimes I feel like I can see it. Do you guys feel like it? And they're like, Oh, oh, I, I, I might think I do. So I'm pouring to their hearts. I'm like, make sure your hearts are open. Make sure your hearts are open. I'm walking around. Vulnerability breeds vulnerability. They don't understand vulnerability, but they understand that they just got the love from their classmates and now it's in their heart. And what does that build? That builds connection. Connection breeds cooperation. Everybody wants cooperation and then we give them the sticker and then we give them connection. No, 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 no. If it worked that way, parenting would be a lot easier. You comply, I give love. But that's very conditional. We want to teach them about unconditional love. Guards down, masks off. You don't have to be anything other than yourself here. So then you're building that community within the classroom, within the home. And then guess what? You always have that love cup on hand. And that's a great way when there's friction within the home or within the classroom, someone trips someone else and then the person falls down. What do they do? I'm sorry. Do you need help? Let me go get the love cup. Someone's crying in the classroom because the work feels overwhelming and they're stressed out, or they didn't finish in time and they have to bring it home for extra work. I'm sorry you're sad. Let me go get the love cup. How can I make this better? So the same thing works at home as it does in the classroom. It's another way to say, I'm sorry I messed up. 
I use the love cup all the time. My kids roll their eyes, but that's okay because they know we're playing along. And even if you're not using the love cup when they're older, you can still use the concepts. It's a way to say you're sorry. I messed up. Or it's a way to say, I'm sorry that you're hurting. I'm sorry that you really wanted that and you couldn't have it. I'm sorry that work is hard. I'm sorry you fell down. I'm sorry I cut you. Have you ever seen a first grader get cut in line? Woo, doggy, watch out. So we're saying sorry all day, every day. And we're also saying, I love you and I messed up. And we're also saying, I love you and I'm sorry that you fell down. So we're saying it in just a different way and it's a different way to offer our apologies. And it's a great way to always reinforce, you worked so hard on that project. I bet your love cup is so full right now. I bet it's overflowing. Do you have any extra for me? Can I get a little extra? Because that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Let's share in this together. So yeah, it works for apologies, but it it also works for the good stuff too. Look how organized your desk is. Oh my goodness, you must be so proud of yourself and your love cup must be overflowing. Same thing works in the classroom that works in the house. Look at your bedroom. You made your bed. That is incredible. That must make your love cup feel so full. I know it makes my heart feel full. My love cup's overflowing. So you're always reinforcing it for the child first, how it makes them feel. Then you can talk about how proud you are. Do you see the shift? Do you see the difference? Because then they're not making the bed to make mom proud or dad proud. Because what if mom doesn't recognize it or say anything or even notice it? Because there's a million other things going on. And they can't do it seven days a week of all the things. So always reinforcing how it makes the child feel first, how they're filling up their own love cup so then they make the bed because it feels good to make the bed. Not make the bed so they can get the praise and approval from mom or dad. That can come too, but that's extra credit. So you're teaching your kids self-love, self-reinforcement, internal motivation versus external motivation because then they're not doing the thing for the cookie. They're not doing the bed for the star. You can still do all that, but that's always extra credit. So they're living their life from the in to the out, and they're naturally intrinsically motivated versus living their life from the out to the in, always looking for the cookie, always looking for the star. I was nice to my brother. Can I have the star now? Can I have the sticker? Do you see how that's a gentle shift? Not saying the cookie or the star is bad. Just make that secondary because then you're getting their internal voice stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Then when they get older and you give them a compliment or like talk about their love cup, they're like, yeah, what's your point? Like they don't even need it as much because now they're self-fulfilling on their own. They're giving their own compliments. They're spending time with themselves. They're proud of themselves and they don't really care what mom and dad think. They care, but it doesn't drive their car. The goal is to get mom and dad in the back seat and they're driving the car of praise and appreciation and responsibility and doing it because it feels good, not because it feels good for mom and dad to see. So there's a big shift there. So I know that the love cup works. It works with all kids. And if your kids are older, you can do something along those lines. Just not use such little words. You probably don't have to get as animated as I did. You can make it work on your level for your kids. And that's what this podcast is all about because I'm talking to parents that have babies And then I'm talking to parents that have 18-year-olds. So you have to take what I talk about, put it into your heart, and then create the home that you want. Create a life by design. Create the energy in the home that you want. Not what Kelly says. I'm just offering suggestions, and I'm trying to illuminate the light within you 
that is already there. The light is in there with your children already. They are born with that light. They are coming to you with their bright light and they are coming to you almost like a match, trying to light your match to light you back up. And so they're always teaching us, you're enough, mom. You're enough, dad. You're more than enough. Thank you. I love you. Here's what unconditional looks like, mom and dad. If you went to jail tomorrow, their love would not even change a nanosecond. Not even for us. It wouldn't even skip a beat. How do I know? Because I counseled students who had their parents in jail. And I use extreme examples because you forgetting to add strawberries to the dinner or you forgetting to sign the permission slip, they don't care about that stuff. They know how to do unconditional love. And so did we. That little girl, that little boy still lives inside of all of us. So then we have this child that illuminates it back in us. Your child is already holding all the gifts. There's nothing wrong with your child. There's nothing wrong with you. Your child is begging you to see your worthiness and your value for as is, and you have to do no cartwheels for it. So we want to give that same gift to our kids, that our love is unconditional. They have to do no cartwheels to earn it. There's no dimmer switch. There's no on-off. There's no shame. There's no yelling. You're safe here. You're loved here. Let me show you how to love yourself, and then let me show you how to love others with that abundance, not pulling from that cup to please others but pulling from that cup from abundance. So this love cup is powerful stuff. And if your kids are older, you can do it on their level. If their kids are younger, do it on their level because their level is a lot more fun. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.